This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Jim Goodis. Local fast food favorite Portillo's has been in major expansion mode and is now preparing to go public, and we'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the coming days include key earnings reports, plus closely watched data from the housing market, and we're joined by Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist from McClatchy Tribune News Services out of Miami. So... Tom, what's coming up this week, and can this help us out of what we're dealing with today? It may, Jim. I think a couple of things could happen this week. First, as previously uh, reported there, um, you know, the Delta variant, the increase in COVID cases, the increase in hospitalizations, and in some cases, the lifting of restrictions and also the return of some restrictions uh, to watch that this week to set the tone for investor appetite for stock risk. But I think the most important thing is going to be dozens and dozens of second quarter financial results that we're going to be getting in from a number of S&P 500 companies. And these results, compared to a year ago, are going to look very good because, remember, a year ago, we were in the grips of the pandemic and the economic restrictions. And so the market has been bid up in anticipation of wonderful profit numbers here during this pandemic. It's the outlook for those companies for the second half of this year that I think could help set the tone at least uh, and maybe reverse some of the selling pressure tone that we're feeling on this Monday. Tom, is it possible that what we're seeing today may actually make those numbers, especially if they look really good later this week, raise less concerns about such things as inflation? If, in fact, we do see really, really strong numbers? That's exactly right. And I think a key question for the companies, in addition to their outlook for the second half of the year, is going to be what are they feeling in their inflation, their pricing, uh, uh, price pressures, its feeling from its suppliers and its ability to pass those along to consumers. So we want to hear from companies about what they're going to be doing for inflation, if they're experiencing inflation, and their pricing ability when it comes to uh, their customers. And I think the second thing that uh, is going to be said or is going to be listened to here is 3% down for the S&P 500 or so. We're hitting new lows as you and I are talking now, Jim, at noontime. Um, Whether or not that drop from a record high, mind you, is enough to kind of refresh the risk appetite uh, for long-term investors, not just traders, but for investors who have been looking at some of these valuations and getting a little concerned that things maybe were a little bit stretched given the run-up in stock prices we had in anticipation of uh, big pandemic profits this quarter. So, Tom, is it possible that this was going to happen one way or the other and just the news is... ...on prices, and that's what we're seeing today. You know, concentrated in energy markets, concentrated in hospitality and travel, places that are directly related to the reopening of the economy. Watch to see if this drop is a drop that refreshes 
that appetite for risk, or if it's something that to feed over into some of those more uh, uh, um, non-cyclical air stock market that are less tied to uh, COVID-19. That's Tom Hudson. The week ahead in Chicago is set to go big time. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Portillo's, which started in 1963 as a single hot dog stand in Villa Park, is getting ready to launch its initial public offering. We get an update from Ali Marotti, the restaurant and retail reporter for Crane Chicago Business. So what exactly will an IPO mean for Portillo's? Yeah, so it could mean a couple of different things, right? And they haven't said that much. All we know is that they've filed paperwork um, and saying that they intend to go public. Uh, But they have been expanding in recent months. You know, even throughout the pandemic, they were opening stores uh, here in Chicago, and they're planning to expand to other states as well. So it could fuel that. You know, um, restaurants with drive-throughs did better than most other restaurants during the pandemic uh, just because of that to-go capability. And Portillo's, I think, was among those. So this could just be them capitalizing on that momentum that they have and seeing where they can take it. Is this a good time for a chain like Portillo's to look at an IPO? Or is there any concern about, you know, exact, for example, what we're seeing today is maybe uh, an issue with something like an IPO? Yeah, so that that could potentially be a concern. You're right, just with um, COVID fears, especially when we approach the fall and the Delta variant circulating, you know, what could that do to the markets, right? But um, so this actually, you know, I talked to an expert about this this morning, and he said, besides those fears, this is a good time to do it, right? Um, In 2014, private equity firm Berkshire Partners paid $1 billion for the restaurant chain. And the Wall Street Journal reported that Portillo's is targeting a valuation of two and a half to three billion. That would be a really great return, you know, for uh, Berkshire Partners. And um, it's something that, like I said before, it's just momentum, right? They've done better quick service restaurants, um, which would be basically fast food and also fast casual chains, which is where Portillo's falls in. They did a lot better than the average, you know, the common denominator of restaurants throughout the pandemic. Here in Illinois, restaurants were closed for indoor dining for, um, you know, more than five months in all throughout the course of the pandemic. And a lot of them are still recovering, especially the fine dining segment, whereas the fast casual chains are really picking up speed and doing really well. So it's something that, you know, they're peaking right now, and it's something that they're probably trying to take advantage of. And has Portillo's been evolving even with the pandemic and even with you know, the limits on their operation, though, as you say, they've they've tended to fare better than others. What has Portillo's been doing lately as sort of the, the precursor to then doing an IPO? Yeah, so it's a great question. So, um, you know, they were one that did pretty well with their drive-through managing long lines pre-pandemic. And that's something that where we saw throughout the course of, you know, the past year and a half, a lot of restaurants with drive-throughs really trying and investing in reducing that drive-through time. McDonald's was one chain that did that as well. Um, so you saw that kind of payoff for Portillo's. You know, their revenues were down about 4.3% in 2020 over 2019. So they were down a little bit, but, you know, if you look at the top 500 chains, top 500 chains revenues were down almost 9%. So again, even though they lost money, you know, it was better than the common denominator, right? So the other thing that they're doing is opening, you know, in, in Joliet, they're going to open a pickup-only location. And they opened another location last fall um, in Avondale neighborhood. It was drive through curbside and delivery only when it opened, you know, to kind of just cater to those restrictions that were coming in throughout the course of the winter and people's increasing, you know, 
desire to order pickup, right? And that's something that in all my conversations, you know, over the past few months with experts, they don't think that's going to die down. A lot of restaurants, even down in the loop that are reopening for lunch, have really invested in their technology to make sure that people can order ahead and it can, it, it can be a quick in and out for people. So that's what people have kind of been trained for during the pandemic. Ellie Marotti, the restaurants and retail reporter from Cranes. Thanks so much for joining us. Up next, things to keep in mind during times of market volatility. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. With the markets down sharply today, it could trigger fears of a crash in some investors. And joining us on the McGrath-Lexis business line is Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com in Washington. So, Mark, your take on what's happening today. Well, I think this is something that uh, has been long coming. So I guess the... So one would have to really admit that the timing of this is a surprise. Surprise! The fact that it uh, has happened is not in and of itself a surprise. And the reason I say that, there are two, actually. One is, as uh, I've said many times on this show, that uh, the market tends not to do all that well in the face of extreme optimism and bullishness. It's a contrarian story. And basically, we've seen an extra, you know, a huge amount of uh, bullishness out there. Not surprising, I suspect, because the market was hitting all-time highs. But that's not the kind of sentiment environment in which the market does well. And the other reason I think that what we're seeing today is not all that a surpri- big of a surprise is that the, the market uh, is becoming much more selective. So it's uh, even though the market averages were hitting all-time highs, that new high of those averages was a function of fewer and fewer stocks. It's just some of the, the biggest mega cap stocks, sort of like Facebook and Apple and Microsoft and so forth. They were the ones that were propelling the market higher, but the greater and greater mass of stocks, other than those big ones, were not doing that well. So it was a, not a sign of a healthy market. So for both those reasons, I think it's not a surprise that the market is hitting this air pocket. What do you think about what we're going to be hearing this week in terms of the various key numbers and what that's going to mean for the market? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I tend to uh, downplay the significance of those numbers because I think the the market does a pretty good job of anticipating what's coming down the pike. So by the time it actually is reported, it, it often is a non-event. So if inflation, for example, has been a big one on the news. Uh, and uh, I think, in fact, what's fascinating about the inflation story is that a month ago, everyone was worried that inflation was too high. And now you have the uh, the U.S. Treasury interest rates plunging, actually, to lower rates than there existed back then. If the, if there really were a lot of inflation coming down the pike, it's hard to imagine why the Treasury market interest rates would be going down. That's Mark Holbert, the investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com out of Washington, D.C. Thank you, Mark. Still ahead, the United States and other governments look to block cyber attacks that are being backed by China. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Jim Goodis. Welcome to the second half of the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. These are the top stories. America and its allies are blaming China for a major attack on Microsoft Exchange servers and other cyber crimes. The first sentence has been handed out to a person charged with a felony in the breach of the U.S. Capitol by Trump loyalists. It's Stock Picker Monday and we'll get a couple of ideas from an investing pro. Right now on Wall Street, the Dow is down 929 points, the S&P, S&P 500 down 93, and the Nasdaq is down 225 points. AccuWeather says we're heading up to a hazy high of 85, but cooler by the lake. Right now under mostly sunny skies, it's 80 at O'Hare at 1231. The White House is pointing the figure of blame at China for the hack of Microsoft Exchange email accounts that compromise computer systems worldwide. Washington correspondent Sagar Magani has details of accusations being made by the U.S., and its allies. The administration says hackers affiliated with China's state security ministry carried out the attack. The announcement's part of a series highlighting the cyber threat from Beijing, with the Justice Department charging four Chinese nationals in a hacking campaign and allied nations revealing other cyber threats. They include ransomware attacks. The administration's been focused on such attacks coming from Russia, while the U.S. has sometimes seen connections between Moscow's intelligence agencies and hackers, one official calls the Beijing government's use of contract hackers distinct. Sagar Magani, Washington. A Florida man who breached the U.S. Senate chamber carrying a Trump campaign flag has received an eight-month prison term. It's the first resolution of a felony case in the January insurrection on Capitol Hill. Prosecutors wanted Paul Hodgkins to serve 18 months behind bars, saying he and other rioters contributed to the collective threat to democracy. Hodgkins pleaded guilty last month to obstructing an official proceeding. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. It's 1232. Investing 60 minutes each weekday toward planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's been a tough day on Wall Street. The Dow down 930 points almost. The S&P 500 down 93. NASDAQ is down 227 points. Let's get some perspective on what's going on from Kagalani, the chief investment strategist at MorningMoney.com. So your take on what's happening today on Wall Street. It's not really unexpected. Uh, you know, the, the Delta uh, variant is worrying investors, and rightly so. It's about the closing as opposed to reopening. It's about cyclicals getting sold. Uh, it's about, uh, as far as the 
the bonds are concerned, the bond market is telling investors, we don't think that growth spurt we've experienced is going to last, and so yields have come down. And, and everything, if you look at that big picture, has really been pointing to markets been edging higher. There's going to be, at some point, profit-taking. And that's what we're seeing today. There's nothing really, I think, untowards about it. There's nothing worrisome about it. I think it's healthy profit-taking at the top. It's not really massive selling going on. It's very orderly. And um, I, I think it's not unexpected. And it was certainly, I think another you know, 2%, certainly 2.5% is an absolute buying opportunity. So we're, we're getting to the point where investors are trying to look and try to buy some stuff off the bottom here. A lot of key indicators coming out this week. What are you expecting from those in terms of the market? I'm still looking at the bond market. Earnings really are always, you know, the mother's milk of as far as investing goes. So we're always looking to earnings at the beginning of earnings season. We've got about uh, 8% of S&P 500 companies have reported earnings have been very good. Uh, I think if we continue to see good earnings, investors will take heart in that. So really just keying in on earnings, um, keeping an eye on uh, WTI, on oil. Um, I'm of the opinion that we're going to bottom out shortly in oil. is probably a good spot to get in uh, anywhere around here. So I, I think that the, the narrative um, has been overplayed, that the growth is has peaked already. I don't think that's the case. I think the economy is continuing to do well. I think earnings are going to continue to do well. And I think this is just some profit-taking at the top. And does this, in a way, also kind of take a little bit of the pressure off when you're hearing all these concerns? Oh, are we... Is the economy recovering too quickly? Are we heating up too fast? Are we concerned about inflation? Does something like this, not only in terms of just an adjustment that you would normally expect as markets rise like this, uh, does it also take a little bit of the pressure off on that front? Absolutely. It takes a lot of the pressure off. And in addition, it takes pressure off, Jim, in terms of the multiples that folks, investors are paying for different stocks and, of course, the indexes in terms of the markets themselves. So as we start to see some of those price earnings multiples come down, then the market starts to look a little better, a little cheaper. And that's, again, when investors start to recognize, wait a second, this is not the worst of times. This is These are good times. And I think uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, um, the lower we go, and I don't know how much lower we can go, I would say maybe another couple percentage points, probably a great entry spot for folks who have been sitting on the sidelines who have got extra cash trying to get back in. All right. So you're a chief investment strategist. What's the strategy you are suggesting for investors right now? By the dip, really, it's worked since 2009. Every single 5% dip has been an opportunity. Every 10% dip has been a monumental buying opportunity. Um, any investors who have done that since 2009 know how well that has worked out. And I don't see any reason for that to change right now. I think the only thing that, for me, from a macro perspective, that would change that thinking would be if the Federal Reserve starts to raise rates. And I don't see that anytime soon. Gagalani, the chief investment strategist at moneymorning.com. Thanks, Shaw. Appreciate your update and some positive news in the wake of some down numbers. There's always a silver lining, as they say. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. A new joint effort by the U.S. and members of NATO, plus the European Union, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan, is focused on cyber attacks allegedly being sponsored by the government of China. And joining us on the McGrath Lexus business line is Jerry Irvine, the CEO, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force here in Chicago. So, Jerry, how significant is that we're seeing all of these different actors now coming in to uh, target China on this cyber attack? 
Well, it's it's pretty significant in that they have been able to find the evidence necessary to uh, attribute these attacks to uh, Chinese hackers uh, that are for hire by the Chinese government. So it's you know they don't they don't uh, point people out unless they know for sure that they're able to prove that that that's the ones who caused it. Is this similar to what the Russian government has been doing, or how perhaps are Russian cyber attacks different from this model that we're seeing from China? Well, the the methodology that they used to to perform the hack was similar. It, it appears it was done with ransomware, um, but rather than um, going in and trying to encrypt the data on a server and then making somebody pay a ransom to get the money back. What this actually did was infected the Microsoft Exchange servers that were uh, out in the, the local networks and put a uh, an application on it that then gave complete remote control of those servers to the hackers. And, and then what they were able to do is start looking at emails going back and forth are gaining access to documents that were in those emails so that then they could uh, steal intellectual property. That's really the difference between China and Russia. Uh, the Russian hackers are going out for specific financial gain, a pretty much immediate financial gain, whereas the Chinese typically are out there trying to, uh, to gain intellectual property so that they can then uh, create their own products and flood the market with them and make more money. Jerry, does that make that a more serious, uh, in terms of implications, attack, the, the way China is approaching it? I, I would suggest that they're both very serious. Uh, the issue is, you know, these things are being sponsored by the governments. So they are, in effect, acts of war when they're going in and hitting our local infrastructures, our national infrastructures, or hitting our financial uh, infrastructure that's out there. So this is where you know the Biden administration and the the government in general now has been taking some pretty severe stances on how to react to these different types of attack. Uh, and and it's uh, it's really still up in the air, but uh, there is a lot of uh, movement towards acting, making these uh, actual acts of war. And. When you have war, you have allies, and we're seeing this uh, coming together of all of these different countries and political groups and alliances in terms of responding to this. Does this signal a new level of international cooperation in dealing with these sorts of attacks as opposed to, okay, you targeted the U.S., so the U.S. response. You targeted Europe, the EU response, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, different governments now are saying enough is enough. And, uh, you know, the U.S. has just as much power, if not more power, uh, than other uh, countries that are out there. So with the uh, ally of these other organizations and, and countries and uh, you know, facilities, uh, it will make us that much stronger. And, and basically what happened, this has been going on since January of last year, or January of this year, and the FBI uh, actually went to the attorney general and said, hey, this is happening. We need to stop it. Uh, so they went out and started doing scans just on the public Internet of U.S.-based companies in finding these malicious applications and fixing them themselves or basically destroying these viruses. 
Um, Australia is doing a similar thing, but they're not just going in and doing it on their own. They're going in and doing scans and then letting the companies know, you know, that they need to fix this. So this is a, a situation where companies need to install Microsoft updates. Here's the, the two biggest ways to get hacked are, first off, not to do your updates, right? If you don't do the, the updates as a system comes out, your system is vulnerable. The hackers know that. and They use that vulnerability to gain access. And that's what they did with Microsoft Exchange. And the other one is email, through clicking on links within emails. If you click on a link, you're, you're going to get a virus. And, and this was a combination of both. Somebody clicked on a link and it installed a virus into a vulnerable or a malware into a vulnerable machine. That's Jerry Irvine, the CIO of Prescient Solutions and a member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force here in Chicago. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, investing ideas on our Monday Stock Picker. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Mike Larson, a senior analyst at ViceRatings.com out of Jupiter, Florida. So, Mike, what do you like in terms of buying opportunities on Wall Street? Sure. You get a day like today, and uh, it's an ideal time to just kind of put your shopping list together, and when the markets begin to stabilize, um, you know, jump back on board. And one of the names that I like is a company called VC Properties, ticker symbol V-I-C-I. A day like today, it's getting hit given uh, what's going on in terms of concern about the Delta variant. But this company owns uh, or actually operates a diverse portfolio of two, more than two dozen casinos. Um, these cover roughly 47 million square feet of gaming, hotel rooms, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and so on. And the iconic Caesars Palace is probably the, the trophy location that, that, that they're known for. Again, this is a company that's doing very well. Um, you know, I wanted just to make sure that you had both of Mike Larson's stock picks. Fortunately, we had a bit of a disconnection. He mentioned VC Properties. He also wanted to mention Equity Lifestyle Properties. ELS is the symbol. Equity Lifestyle Properties, a leading owner and operator of manufactured home communities, RV resorts, and campgrounds in North America. He says the company offers housing options and vacation opportunities to meet a variety of customer needs. And he says that is one of his picks for the week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.